on this edition of Need Nothing Filter, me, Kenyon Martin, and basketballnews.com, presented by only the best vodka, Grey Goose. We have an actor, producer, director, and star of one of my favorite TV shows, Into the Badlands, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Daniel Wu. What's what up? up, sir? How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining me. Thanks of for course. Pl- pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I, I didn't think we'll get back to this. I'm saying when we talked before, it was in the making and yeah. kept you in mind, man. And I really wanted to sit down and have a conversation with you, man. It was much, much appreciated. And now, now since you've seen the show, right? Like when we first met, I think you just watched one episode. Yeah, or I was just, yeah, I was just now yeah. getting into it. And I've watched it and watched it again since. So, oh, for real? <laughs> oh thank you. Yeah, well, man. Nah, that's I like it. Like I said, from the first scene, like from the first scene into the Badlands, man, and y'all, uh, you had me hooked. Yeah, like, yeah um, on the side of the road is like, yeah, let's let's get it. <laughs> it was it was an interesting show because a lot of people slept on it when it was out, but then the people yeah. who seen it like got addicted to it, like you, and just watched it all the way through. So I'm glad oh, it's yeah. still existing on Netflix now. So that people oh, yeah. can watch and it's de- and it's definitely like one of those like you you binge watch like you know you got something to do in the morning and you can't fucking turn the tv off like it's like, it's like one of them situations <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. i was like i know i gotta get up early but hey oh well i'll deal with it tomorrow <laughs> we got the i think by season two and three it got real good story-wise right like yeah, the action yeah. was always there Right, yeah. but the story wise gets really gripping in second and third season, and you you can't turn it off. Like you just yeah, keep definitely. rolling. Nah, yeah, you gotta you gotta keep it going because you want to see what's happening next. Yeah, like I wanted to see like each time, like I'm like, is Sonny gonna die? <laughs> <laughs> is he gonna die for real this time? Right, like, right, right. Been like yeah. So now nah, it was. Who, who, who were some of your favorite characters? Baji. Oh yeah. Okay. Like, hey, that, hey, like from every scene, man, it's just like you think he counted out. And he bounced back and it's just his humor. Yeah. Like yeah. his underlying humor, like just his jokes and things like that, man. I was I was all in. Like I was, I was all um, in. Man. I was also impressed with the way he, he can move, you know? Yeah, he can move he for what I'm saying for a big guy. I'm saying he can move. He's like he's like a Charles Barkley, you know. Yeah, definitely. He's gonna do but he can he can move. And that was really impressive with him. It's like, you know, he's funny, he's a good actor, but he can also move. Like it's unexpected yeah. when someone that big, you know, can can move that no way. No doubt. No doubt. Well, before Into the Badlands, let's start from the beginning. Okay. Um, both of your parents were professors. Uh, my mom was a professor. My dad was mom, an engineer. Your dad was an engineer. Okay, sorry yeah. about that. And you were raised in Cal- born and raised in California, and your parents were um, they migrated with the immigrants from uh, from Shanghai? That's right. That's right. They, um, they both came from Shanghai and then ended up in New York, and they met each other in New York, actually. Okay. Uh, and they got married after meeting each other for three months. They got married there and then came out west, came out to California. And that's where they had my sisters and me. I mean, you grew up in, I, I don't want to mispronounce it, Orinda. but you were born in Berkeley and was, pronounce it again for me. Orinda. Orinda. Okay. So it's the next yes, town yes. over from Berkeley. And okay. then the next town over from that is Moraga, which is where St. Mary's College was. Gotcha. Okay. My, my mom taught it. All right. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I live in California right now, but I'm not a Californian. So some of these right. small cities and towns are a little foreign to me. You know, like I yeah, hear yeah, people talking and I'm like, yo, what's the closest big city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you t- okay, I got you, I got you. Right. You're from the Bay Area. 
Like, that's right. That's right. Like, the people bay giving me big. all these like all so these little cities, cities and towns. I'm like, yo, what is it? Like, you live in the Bay? You live in Southern California, Northern California? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. It's big. It's a big state too. Yeah, it's huge, huge yeah. state. Yeah. So with both of your parents being like your dad, like you said, being an engineer, your mom being a professor, and eventually you going to school for architect, correct? Yeah, I say I I actually wanted to be an artist. I wanted to like, you know, be a fine artist, but I knew with Chinese parents, they're gonna never let me study that. Because with Chinese parents, they want you to study something that makes money, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so that was going so that was hitting into my I was leading into that. So when you did that and then it became acting from that, like was it like the was that the way you snuck it in? Like yeah, this well, is what I wanna do or Here's how it was. It's like I, I finished architecture school. I studied five years, got my degree. And then at that point, I was like, OK, I did everything you guys wanted me to do. So I'm going to go pursue what I need to do. Right. And so I gave myself like a couple of years. I said, if I don't, if something doesn't happen in this couple of years, then, you know, I'll go back and get get a job in, in architecture. But I knew I wasn't going to head into the profession of architecture because during school, I did internships in the summertime. And school was cool. I really liked it a lot because it was really creative. But then the work environment wasn't that. It was maybe yeah. 2%, 5% creative. And there was a lot of administrative and, and managing projects and stuff like that. And I was like, uh, that's not what I liked the most about school. I liked about that creative energy, right? Okay. So, so in 97, I graduated. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to Hong Kong for like a graduation trip. I'm going to try to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And uh, I gave myself a couple months there. And um, the reason why I chose Hong Kong is because Hong Kong was going back to China. It was a previously a British colony. So there was the handover party. It was a big, a big event. So I wanted to witness that because, you know, as Americans, we don't get to witness a lot of historical events. So I wanted to see that. And then I traveled around Asia for like a couple months. And then this director saw, well, no, so I was near the end of my trip. I ran out of money. I only had like four grand to spend for two or three months of traveling. Right. And then so at the end of the model on, right? Yeah, so I was doing some like part-time <laughs> modeling. That's right, and uh, kicking it around. And also, I wanted to see if you know there it was a possibility to get into the business there. You know, gotcha. um, uh, because I knew as being a Chinese American, it would be harder to do it in the United States. Because at that time in the in the '90s, like I never saw any Asians on TV. You know, yeah. there was Bruce Lee, and then there's a big gap with nothing. Right, yeah. um, Jackie Chan came back out, but but these were. Um, not Americans, right? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted, I, I said, okay, let me check out Hong Kong, see if there's an opportunity for me there. And so I started modeling and then um, three months in, I was like, I was low on money and I was in a bar and some girl comes up to me and asked me if I want to be a, in a TV commercial. And I was like, okay, if it pays. And she's like, yeah, it pays, <laughs> pays, pays about $4,000. I'm like, okay, cool, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll do that. So I did it. And then three months, a month later it came out. And then after it came out, a director saw it and called me into his office for uh, an interview. And I went wow. in, chatted with him for about an hour. Didn't even audition, I just walked out of there. And then and I never had any acting experience or anything like that, right? Um, and then an hour later, he calls me up and he goes, yo, I want you to be the lead in my movie. I was like, what? As a lead <laughs> in your movie? I'm like, I could play a small part, but a lead? I mean, I've never done any acting before. Plus I didn't speak Cantonese fluently at the time. Yeah. It's a, a different dialect than when I grew up speaking. Yeah, and so I was like, I don't, I don't Let's think get I into do that. <laughs> the language, oh, that's a whole another thing. But yeah, so I turn, I actually turned it down because I didn't have a grasp with the language. I never acted yeah. before. And you trying to act in a language you don't know is like super hard, right? And, and I took some film, film classes in school and I was like, 
I knew that making a movie is not fun and game. This is like hard work, yeah. you know, it's, it's someone's creative dream that they're putting out there. And so I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to fuck this up for you. You know, yeah. like, I don't want to be the reason why this movie fails. Right. <laughs> so I don't think, I don't think you should hire me. So I actually turned it down. And then for like a month, he kept calling me. And at the end of it, I was like, all right, if you think I can do it, um, that's cool. But I can't have any pressure while I'm doing this because I, you know, I don't want to. And also, if I if I fuck it up, you can't blame me. <laughs> you yeah, know what definitely. I mean? Hey, listen, hey, <laughs> you the one that chose me. A little leeway here now, damn it. <laughs> right. So so I went into it like that, um, going, okay, let's let's see what happens. And then yeah, my parents going back to that. My my dad was not happy. My mom yeah. was cool because she you know she taught college and she'd been around a lot of young people, so she was yeah. a you know a college counselor and all those kind of things. And so she was cool with it because she goes, look. You can always fall back on architecture. You have that degree, but when are you ever going to get a, an opportunity to be in a movie, much less a lead role? A lead role in a movie yeah. for your right. first movie. Exactly right. So she's like, "I think you should give it a shot." But my dad was not cool with it. He was like, "You went to school for five years, Why even though it was paying, he wasn't cool with it." Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, I mean, I don't think I think he thought movie making was like just fooling around. Yeah. You know? Uh, I just wanted to do it to get girls and, and, and shit like that. Right? <laughs> I but can, like, I, I mean, that's a, that's a small reason, but small but, part of it. Yeah, you know, of course. It's like why you play ball, you know, like this definitely a small, small part of it. Um, but, but it wasn't until like two or three years later that he came out to Hong Kong and he visited the set and he watched me film for like yeah. 12 hour day. And then he realized like, Oh, you actually work hard. And he pat me on the shoulder the day. He's like, okay, I'm proud of you. So I'm like, okay, cool. Got his blessing. So it took a while, a real, took a while, yeah. but. And I think also it helped that, you know, my name started to show up in like the newspapers, Chinese newspapers and stuff. So they were reading about me from abroad and stuff. And so they realized I was not just messing around. I was taking it seriously. Okay. So was, was it just the acting part or was martial arts always a part of, of what you wanted to do or, or you just so, wanted to be an actor and then that fell into your lap? Like, or, so or got, were you practicing martial arts and then, it's I kind of interesting. So I got into martial arts because of movies. Because yeah. you know, when I was growing up, the only people I saw of, of my race on TV was like Bruce Lee, Jelly, mm -hmm. Jackie Chan, people like that. And so I was like, maybe this is a connection to my culture, right? And so I started learning martial arts, um, kung fu, um, as a way to sort of have a bridge to my culture in some ways, you know. Um, and and I didn't want to learn karate, taekwondo, or jujitsu because those are other cultures, right? I wanted to learn more about yeah. my culture through the, the martial arts. So I did that. And I, and, I, and I had a master that was, he was not only a Kung Fu teacher, but he was also a Chinese medicine doctor. So he knew about herbs and acupuncture. He was the lawyer. Um, he was a brush painter. He just knew a lot of stuff about oh, a a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a true Renaissance man, you know? <laughs> and so that was inspiring because I learned a lot and I learned to be proud of my culture. You know, um, I think my sisters who are 10 and 12 years older than me, that grew up in like the early 80s. Yeah. They tried to assimilate to the culture. Right. And so they don't even really speak Chinese that well now. Um, but for me, I was like reaching for something that was my culture, you know, um, out there. And, and then that ended up being it. So I got into that. And then once I got into the business, like so I did that, you know, my whole life in college, I was um, I started a team at, at the University of Oregon because we didn't have Chinese martial arts there. There was Taekwondo yeah. and Judo and all that. So I wanted to start a Chinese martial arts team. So I started a team. I was teaching that team. I was a coach of the team. And then um, uh, once I went to Hong Kong in the business, 
you know, I thought maybe I have an opportunity to get kicked by Jackie Chan down a flight of stairs. You know, that was <laughs> yeah, that would be my movie career. You know, and like I'm good with that. I'll, yeah, I'll be good yeah. with that because you know he was my idol. But um, once I got the opportunity to become an actor, um, someone told me it was like, or actually, you know, Jackie Chan ended up becoming my my manager because after I got that offer, a week later I met Jackie Chan at a party, and a friend of mine who was an actress, she was like oh, you're a big fan of his, like, come over and see him. And I was like, no, 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 I'm cool, I'm cool. I'm just, I'll watch him from here. Because, you know, sometimes you don't want to meet your idol, right? You meet your idol yeah. and it turns out like, oh, he's a dick, right? Or he says some shit, it's like, or he <laughs> yeah. brush you off and then you're like, oh, damn, like, I idolized this dude for like how many years? And then you just brush him off. So it's like some like, Eminem wanna... Stan type of thing, like like Eminem and Stan kind of shit. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly like that. So I was like, no, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to meet him. But then she dragged me over there, and I met him. And she's like, oh, this is my friend. He's been doing some modeling work, and he's a good martial artist. And she, and he's like, oh, really? And then he asked me for my like within thirty seconds. He looked me up and down. He's like, what's your phone number? So I gave him my phone number. I didn't know what was going on, right? Because I didn't nothing. I knew I wasn't even trying to get into the business yet. And then uh, that Monday, his management office called me. I went in for a meeting, and they're like, you know, Jackie really likes you. He wants to sign you, but honestly speaking, it's a bad time in the industry. I don't know if we can get you a job, but I'm like, oh, I got this script offer. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, we'll take it over for you. And then they became a manager, right? Yeah. So, but I was for a small Jackie, fee for a small that? fee. Yeah, I said yeah. for a small uh, fee for, for a cut. <laughs> but hey, I didn't know nothing. Like I didn't know any yeah. other place. I'd know like Jackie Chan. Okay, his management company sounds good. So yeah. I kind of just fell into like the right path. Um, and then he, you know, he had said many times to me, he's like. You know, I wish I could do other kinds of movies, but people only want to see me fight, right? Yeah. It's like, I wish I could do an acting movie, a full drama movie, a gangster movie or whatever, but people don't want to see me as that. He's like, you have an opportunity to be more than that, right? He's like, so if you're doing other movies that are not action, that's cool. And so I kind of hid the fact that I knew martial arts for a little while, okay. for like five, six gotcha. years. And yeah, then I mean, later, I kind of slowly let it out. Because if you get cornered just doing action, that's all you're going to do for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah, that's just like the big, um, the black guy early on, he had to play a certain kind of role in movies. Yeah, like yeah, he was yeah. only getting certain kind of roles, and that's what it was. And Yeah, and and yeah so I get it. Time. So I was going to ask you that, what was, did you feel that you were being stereotyped in a way, you know what I'm saying, like for those roles, like why people thought that you should do the martial artist role, things like that. And yeah, that's one I think of the reasons that, that happened, you get it. I think that happens more here now after Into yeah. the Badlands, right? Like I've been offered a bunch of martial arts things, but I kind of turned it down because I was like, if I do this, that's all America is going to think of me, right? It's, yeah. it's just martial arts. Whereas like in my Hong Kong career of like 20 years there, I did almost 70 movies and it's all over the place. I did romantic yeah. comedies. I did like crazy dramas. I did uh, action movies. I did everything. And so I want to be able to still do that, keep it broad. Yeah, you don't want to be Samuel, the loud, um, the loud black guy in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if they see you in the movie, oh, it's going to be some action. It's going to be some ass kicking. Right, like, right. Um, do you want them to leave some? Um, have somebody hey, you know, it's, it's it's hard because that's what the fans want to see because they see yeah. Badlands and they realize like that was cool. But it's like I have other things to offer, so I'm kind yeah. of just looking, waiting for the right project. Um, to do yeah, I that. think you're a great actor, man. So now nah, I, I think you can do more than that. So don't let people pigeonhole you in that, man. Yeah, like, I'm glad yeah. you realized yeah. that early, and you had an idol and and a uh, somebody who you can look up to, to to tell you that you just don't have to do that. There's yeah. other ways yeah. around it. There's other ways to for you to be a great actor without having just to do martial arts because he felt like that was his only 
lane at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what people yeah. have probably saw him as. That's the only thing yeah. that he could do. So no, that's dope. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. And it was, it was really important to have mentors like that. You know, yeah. when you're walking into some industry you don't know nothing about and you have some uh, mm-hmm. mentors that can guide you along the way with their experience, like it, it helps. I mean, same thing, you know, when you're a rookie and you get on the team and you got some vets yeah. there that kind of, you know, look out for you, it's, it's important. Oh, yeah. No, I was in the same situation. Like I came in, I was 22, but I had some vets on my team that had been around eight, 15, 16, 17 years in. Then I look at the current situation where guys come into the league now, they 19 and they looking up to a 23 year old. Yeah. Like how, how is yeah, they're babies. They come in as babies, yeah. right? Yeah, and then, and then you're looking up to a guy that's, that just got done going through puberty and yeah. his damn self. You know, he can't yeah. even run a car yet. Yeah. Like, so it's, yeah. you got to have somebody co-sign for him and yeah. those are guys who you're supposed to look up to. But now it's the same same thing, like having somebody who you can count on, who you can ask questions to, who you can learn how to be professional at the same time. Like, that's one yeah. thing I learned early in my career is how to be professional. Yeah. Like people can say what they want to about me. Like, oh, he loud mouth, he ran bunch, he cuss, he fight, he do all that, but right. they can never say I was unprofessional. Yeah, same, no, same with me. That was one of my things too. Like when I started out, I was like, you know, I'm gonna do the work. I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna work harder than everybody else so nobody can say nothing about it. It's like, yeah, I could have an attitude or this and that, but I'm gonna work hard and make sure people know that I work hard, you know? Although the holiday season will look a bit different, we're still excited to celebrate the good with only the best vodka, Grey Goose. We won't have to focus on lost luggage, flight delays, crowded airports, or holiday traffic. Instead, we can focus on the thing that we love most about the holidays. And of course, celebrating only the best moment pairs well with only the best vodka, Grey Goose. Visit greygoose.com and in one click, you can have a Grey Goose holiday punch cocktail kit delivered to your door. The Grey Goose Holiday Punch Cocktail Kit comes with everything you will need to make a holiday punch. Grey Goose Vodka, pomegranate juice, sweetened black tea, martini and Rossi Prosecco, and garnishes. Everything you will need to impress your holiday squad. And we won't tell them how easy it was. Cheers! Sip responsibly. Imported by Grey Goose Importing Company, Coral Gables, Florida. Vodka, 40% alcohol by volume still from French wheat. So your first role was a Hong Kong film, like, mm. so the language barrier, let's get there. Yeah, so okay, let's go back How did you manage the script? Like not being able to, to read the script and have somebody basically translate it for you and you had to memorize your lines, if I'm not mistaken? Right, yeah, yeah, by, 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 by sound, really. Um, Cause by I grew whoa, 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 you said by who? By sound, by memorizing <laughs> by sound, just by listening to the words and then copying it, right? Um, okay. Cause like in Chinese, there's so many dialects, there's over 50 yeah. dialects. Right. Okay. And so for example, like Shanghainese is what my parents grew up speaking. Right. Like I grew mm-hmm. up speaking that with them. And then Mandarin is like, everybody kind of speaks Mandarin. It's the main dialect. Yeah. And then Cantonese is spoken in Hong Kong and Southern China. Right. Yeah. And, um, Mandarin is probably when you were in China, you probably hearing that Definitely. a lot. That's what, yeah. yeah. But then you, you were in Xinjiang, right? Yes, I was. So you probably heard some crazy dialects over there because they got oh, there's yeah, like a Muslim was, community there. They speak definitely, yeah. There right? was some, yeah. I heard all of it. People was telling me that's riding in the car with different people. I had a driver when I was there, so when he would uh, drive me around, he would explain to me where the areas was, who these people right. was, and the, right. like all the things that you were saying. Nah, it was dope. Right. So you you know, there's like it sounds completely different, right? Like the, yeah, yeah, it's almost yeah. different languages, right? So yeah. like Shanghainese to me sounds like Portuguese. Uh, Cantonese is like Spanish 
and then Mandarin is like Italian. Like yeah. they kind of sound alike, but they're very different languages, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, and then my translator, so we over there, like he's like he spoke Mandarin, like he's mm-hmm. so so <laughs> the peep this. So I had a white guy, he was from like Milwaukee. Uh-huh. He he's married a black girl he met in um on vacation, and uh-huh. they live in China, and both of them speak Mandarin. Oh, like, that must be a but, trip. Yeah, listen, so I'm like, how the fuck y'all get this thing together? Like, how y'all right. put this equation together? But um, it was like, we'll be placing and I ask John, like, what they say? And he'd be like, shit, I don't know. Like, they speaking another dialect. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's true. It's, like, I, it's yeah, I, completely different, right? Yeah. So so that's what the thing was, like, learning Cantonese for me was hard because I've been exposed to it because I liked watching Hong Kong movies when I was a little uh-huh. kid. And my cousin was from Hong Kong, so I heard it my whole life, but I never spoke it. And and it's a different way of using yeah. your mouth than Mandarin. You know, Cantonese is spoken more in the front of the mouth than Mandarin is. Or, sorry, Mandarin is more in the front of the mouth and Cantonese is in the back and like more nasally. So it's, you're using completely different muscles. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like saying like football and basketball is the same sport. It's not. It's, mm-hmm. it's like completely yeah. different, you know, fundamentals. Um, so, yeah, it was hard. And so the way I did it for that first movie is I recorded all the lines. I had someone record all the lines on tape. This is back when we had tape cassette recorders. Right. And, uh, and then I would just play that shit back and just play it back and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and play it back and repeat it. And then I ended up writing down like a, a Romanized version, an English version of what I'm hearing so that I could look at, it. you know, um, Mandarin, there is a English way to write in en- yeah. using English letters for Mandarin, but Cantonese, they don't have that system. So I had to kind of make up my own system to do that. So I would just write it down. And to this day now, I still can't read that well. I can only read like 30% of character. So oh, wow. if it's a Cantonese script, someone got to read it to me. And I write the whole thing down in my own kind of form of language. And I use no. that as a basis of my script, which is it's actually good homework for me because then I absorb the script much better um, because I have to sit there for like six hours and write this thing down. Yeah. You know? um, and then for Mandarin, there's like software now that just can spit it out into like a romanized version. I can read that. You know, yeah, you can get some people some acting gigs and um, uh, so open uh, Hong Kong. So if you write your own dialect and all that, you translate in your own language. I'm saying yeah. you can get some people some acting jobs, man. But but, <laughs> but some people will be looking at it and be like, "What's this?" Like nobody can read it. <laughs> Only I understand. Like well, what it is? Oh. So it's complicated. <laughs> well, it's, it's doctor script. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that's that's how I learned it, and I I would say it took me a good like three, four, five years to be fully um comfortable with the language and now now i'm actually better in cantonese and mandarin um uh the the main thing is like just pushing yourself because i had friends that lived there that spoke english also but i just made sure they didn't speak english to me I'm like don't speak yeah. to me in english like just speak to me in cantonese so i can learn this and get it because i knew this is my job this is going to be yeah. my job if i want to do it i gotta i gotta do it well i gotta learn it well so uh, i gotta put in the work that's what's up perfecting your craft man that's what it's about yeah yeah definitely yeah, don't yeah like you said not limiting yourself yeah, that's like certain guys in the game. Like, yeah, yeah. you can only play defense. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I always think, I find that weird. Or somebody's like, oh, he's a terrible free throw shooter. It's like, you're getting paid millions of dollars. Like, you have time yeah. to work on that skill, right? That's I mean, all you have to do. Just, yeah. You can stand in your yard and shoot free throws, like, all day long. So why are you doing that? Like, yeah, why, you know, why are you still 60% shooter, you know? Like, yeah. I can't do it, so I'm going to stay away from it. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll just work on my strengths only. But, like, yeah. you know, we all know that, like, people, the strongest people are the ones that work on their weaknesses, you know? Yeah, you can only get so far doing it that way. Yeah, exactly. I think nowadays with social media and the young kids now, it's like they get caught up in seeing stuff on, like, Instagram and stuff. It's like a finished, polished product. 
and they don't see like the work involved that it takes to get to that point, right? Yeah, so every twelve thinks, years in the making. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they think it's instant. So then they try something they're not good at, and they just give up, right? Yeah. Uh, or or they rely on raw talent, and then don't don't work on the fundamentals to keep them in there, right? Oh yeah, um, definitely. I'm sure it works with in basketball. Like you come, someone comes in that got raw talent, but they can't get the fundamentals down, right? And so over time, when they get older and stuff breaks down, they don't have something to fall back on, right? Same yeah. thing with acting. I've seen it too with with you know, great actors come in, like new actors, and they got this like energy and this vibe, but they don't learn the fundamentals of acting. So then a few years down the line, they have nothing to pull from. And then their career kind of takes a dive, you know? I got you, yeah. So you've been known to um, shoot multiple movies in like in a single calendar year. And oh, yeah. um, sometimes doing multiple roles at the same time, like you're filming two movies at the same time. How is the, I'm a, I'm gonna ask the second part of that. The two roles, how how are you able to pull that off? Like being two different characters on two different like two different yeah. scenes. Like how is how because I understand shooting five movies is difficult in itself. Right, right. But shooting two different characters in two different movies has to be damn stuff, right. impossible. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard. Um, but it was it was a. Uh, you know, it was a factor of like, okay, I'm hot now, I'm getting busy, people wanted me to work, so I gotta do these projects, right? And so like in the height, I would say for a good five years, I was doing four to six movies a year for like five or six years. That's how I got up to 70 movies in, in 20 years, you know? Quickly. Um, and then there was a period in the beginning where I overlapped like that. And after a while I had to stop doing that because it was just too much. Like there was crazy things where like, I'd work a 12 hour day on a movie and then the van would come to pick me up to take me to the other movie set. And I work another 12 hours there. So I work 24 hours straight. But I was like 23 or four yeah. at the time. So I could take it, right? I can't do that now. There's no way. Okay. Like yeah, my, so <laughs> now, now yeah, I got a 12-hour turnaround in my contract. So I need rest. But it was hard. Like it was hard. It was like you felt like schizophrenic because you're playing one character here. And it was, that was crazy because one movie I was like a gangster, a hard-ass gangster. And then the next movie I play like a, um, a college student, like a, a <laughs> nerdy college student, right? So like to be able to keep on top of that shit was was real difficult. Polar opposites. Yeah, completely. And so and like I said, you know, you'd be doing these double shifts sometimes, um, or or you do like a few hours on one set, they pull you off to another set, and then you go back to that set, right? And oh, that wow. was crazy, yeah. like crazy yeah, I can stuff. Only, yeah, yeah, nah, that's. <laughs> so after a while, it was like told my manager, I was like, I can't do this no more. It's like this is making me crazy, like. Uh, you know, I barely have time to sleep and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm doing as best job I can because I'm like barely awake half the time, you know? So yeah, yeah, I was like able to do it, but, but it was hard. It was real hard, you know? <laughs> After running, like, uh, I don't think there's enough espresso or whatever thing there's uh, running around to keep you doing it that long for like, just uh, keep, keep doing that forever. Like, nah, that's, that's tough. But like you said, I'm saying you got to strike while you're hot. Yeah, no, that's true. So like you said, you were hot, your name was out there, people wanted you, they, I can only imagine, like you were doing that many movies and Lord knows how many you turned down during that time. Yeah, I'm, saying, yeah. I'm pretty sure scripts was coming in left and right. Yeah, yeah. It's a different thing now, I'm older now, I can't take that kind of schedule, I got a family, you know, so now it's about picking and choosing. Because to me now, like working on a movie, you're, you're stuck with these people for three months, three to six months, right? Yeah. And so to me, it's almost, it doesn't matter how, how, what happens with the movie, if it turns out well, or it does good in the box office. The most important thing to me is like, you're spending time with these people for four or five months. It's like a family. 
So you've yeah. got to want to spend the time with them and you want to enjoy that experience um, and have good memories coming out of it. I think at this yeah. point in my life, like that's the most important thing to me. You know, it's not necessarily about um, uh, the end result, but it's more about the process. Okay. Yeah. So being there, like, and you had, and you're able to include like some of your close friends and some of the work that you're doing, like when, when you're directing, you write some of these things, you're able to include some of your f- close friends with that ass to make the job that much enjoyable. And yeah. you guys want to be on scene and on camera together. Yeah. Now that I've been able to become like a producer, a director, you know, producing encompasses a, a whole nother, you know, skill set of stuff, like helping yeah. to get the movie done. And that includes bringing, you know, other actors to the thing. So like in, in Into the Badlands, I was able to bring my buddy uh, Kung Lee to the, to the, to the show. Um, he was one of the monks, you know? Okay. The, yeah. And he was a UFC fighter and all that stuff, but I known him for like 20 something years, right? We were, yeah. we grew up together in the martial arts world. Um, so I was able to bring people like that in. It's just tremendously satisfying to be able to like, have a hand in that have some control you know it's like you know when you're players there's you know you can control your game and you can control what happens in the locker room but in the higher executive level you can't make those decisions and then once you get to be like you know in the in the office the front office then you can do all those things you know it's gotcha. like that gotcha all right that's what's up man so let's talk about some fun shit man we yeah. uh, let's talk about the martial arts aspect of it like mm. have you ever had to whoop somebody ass in the street like, have you ever, oh, like, somebody, like, tried you, thinking you slim Asian guy, like, yeah. I can take him, and you like, fucking... <laughs> yeah, people, people get surprised. That's the thing. Um, well, I, when I was in college at University of Oregon, I was a bouncer in, the, in, a, in a bar, right? Okay. And um, I got brought on because a Taekwondo coach was like, hey, we need some help. Can you come over, right? And he was an Asian guy, small Asian guy. And I was a skinny yeah. Asian guy, right? And there were football players on our on our squad. They were part of the part of the um, bouncer crew, right? And nobody nobody fuck with us. People fuck with the the big guys, right? Yeah. But they're like, those guys are small and Asian. They must know some shit. They so we're not gonna fuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> so they would send us over to like break up fights or like you know if somebody was like being too touchy with a girl or whatever. They would yeah. send us over to go do that stuff, which made sense because as martial artists. You're trained, like, yeah, of course you're trained to be able to handle yourself, but you're also trained over time to try to avoid a fight. Yeah, you know, like yeah, a to defuse master, the situation, yeah. yeah. To defuse that situation, right? And so our our training in the martial arts helped with that, so we were able to, like, defuse some of those situations. But, uh, you know, we got into it sometimes. You yeah, know, you send a football a player over there, damn it, you know what it's going to be. Yeah, their first the reaction is to fucking grab you. Right, right. <laughs> And also with the football players, like you, you insult them a little bit and they get hot and then they want to fight. Right. And then, oh, they, yeah, definitely. Off top. right. So, so you got to be able to control that and not get into that trouble. But you know, I, we got into it sometimes. You know, I got a bottle in the head before, uh, oh, didn't break, sure. but it hit my head. Um, uh, this, know, it got messy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can grab some, grab a motherfucking wrist and do this and do that. And they're like, Hey man, okay. I stop. I stop. I stop. Right. <laughs> you know, right. please let me go. Like, I'm but, <laughs> You know, when you become a martial artist and you do get into it on the street, you're very careful because you can actually really hurt people bad, yeah. right? So especially if you get too hot into it, you can hurt people bad. So you kind of have to hold yourself back a little bit. And also we can be charged, like apparently black belts can be charged with assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, you're a walking weapon, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you're a walking ginsu knife. Or you, could get, <laughs> you could get attacked and then you're just defending yourself. But if you hurt that person, you might have to, pay their hospital bills or or be charged criminally you know so yeah, i'm that's, careful that's the that's the downfall yeah you gotta be 
So do um are you big in um to the like the UFC scene or like or boxing? Like do you like like well, yeah, so which I'm, one of them is your I love both. I love boxing. Yeah. I've been a boxing fan since I was a little kid. Okay. Um you know, my, my next door neighbor had HBO. So like all the HBO boxing, you know, it's all free when you're little, right? Yeah, so we watched yeah. all that, all the Tyson fights, even the tail end of Ali's career, um, uh, Sugar Ray, you know, okay. all that. And then now I'm, I'm a big like Canelo fan, uh, I like Deontay Wilder, um, um, I like all that stuff. And then I like UFC as well. Um, yeah. But to me, it's like very important to realize like that UFC is not all encompassing a martial art. It's one aspect of it. Like yeah. being a good fighter, doesn't necessarily make you a good martial artist yeah. because there's so much more to being a martial artist than just fighting. Right. And so that's what people get mixed up with is they think, yeah. Oh, you learn martial arts. You want to be the number one fighter in the world, but that's like a whole different game. Like you look at those dudes and by the time they're 40, their body is just ruined. Like they can't, yeah. they can't even function anymore. And they have to quit training, you know? And my goal now is to be able to train until like I'm 60, 70, 80, you know? Gotcha. And so, um it's a different kind of mentality i think the thing with mma is like it's, it's a typical american thing that we do is like we just want to take the best of everything right and make this thing and make a new thing right but the thing about like these ancient martial arts has been around for thousands of years is like yeah. there's a system there that's designed for you to be able to practice from young all the way into old right and there's a reason why you go through this whole system and not jump all these steps or just pick and cherry pick all the best things out of it and make something your own your own gotcha. um, so I'm now like, I did that too in my youth when I was in my twenties, like I wanted to learn about other martial arts and do all that stuff. But now I'm going back to the old school stuff and kind of examining like how that stuff could help me be functional and mo keeping mobile in my older age, you know, like that's a huge thing. That's why I want to, I want to ask you that, right? Like playing yeah. 15 years in the league, that's like a long time. Like how did you yeah. keep your body up? Cause that's all I'm focusing now is like just keeping my body up. I did, man. I had major surgeries. Like I, I broke down because it's just my style of play. Um, yeah, you played hard. Was, yeah, just hard. No, no holds bars. Just go balls to the wall all the time. Right. And and just the pounding and had uh, I had micro fracture surgery on both of my knees. Had my uh, had my patella repaired in my left knee. So yeah, now I could have used some some different things stretching wise or different. Right things going on during my career, which I, no one presented to me and I didn't have the wherewithal to look into like nothing yeah, else. You know it what I'm seems saying? like all that like sports medicine stuff was more like in the last 10 years where people really yeah. knew how to like take care of themselves and do what kind of, you know, strength conditioning and all that stuff helps you for, uh, for gameplay and all that. Yeah. I even just doing something out. like yoga, you know what I'm saying? Even doing something yeah. as simple yeah, yeah, as yeah. yoga. Yeah, exactly. Like, nobody ever tell me like, maybe you should try yoga, man, loosen your limbs or you can, elongate this and do it like I didn't learn all these till I'm mm. I'm on the back half of like you said within the right. last two years like I'm on right. my way out right and right now y'all taking care of people <laughs> like now y'all managing people workload and all this other shit I'm like yeah oh, there really? was none of none of that workload management back in the in the 80s and 90s yeah not at all they would just go like, hey, they yeah. go yeah until we say yeah. stop and yeah. you know, we had the mentality that I want well, and I know I did a lot of guys I played with like we just just who? Just man up. Yeah. 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 Like no matter how we feeling, it could be the seventh game and 10 nights and we're going to muster some like muster some up to go out and try to right. give it our all. Right. And right. putting and putting and putting our bodies through hell in the meantime. And all right. they doing is feeding us anti-inflammatories and, and 
and ice and stem and think that's uh, uh, think that's fucking helping. Right, right, right. That is only dealing with the the, the the issue, but not with the root cause of the issue, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I learned yeah. all that. Like I said, I learned all that to the last two, three years that I was in, and mm-hmm. me pe- me playing like low minutes at the time. With I, I could deal now. I needed this when I was playing 35, 36, 37 yeah. minutes a night. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. that's when I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. So do you have any um pains and aches now? Yeah, actually, yeah, man. Like um well, like when I got done, like two years after I retired, I had to get my wrist worked on. Um, oh geez. I had arthritis in my wrist. My shoulder as we speak, like it's I'm pretty sure there's some damage in there I need to get done. And recently uh-huh. I've been having hip pain. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's definitely catching up. Um, I'm yeah. feeling certain certain things now that I'm I've slowed down, and all I do is ride the bike now. I'm stationary mostly. Uh-huh. Uh, I try to stay active in that way and ride the bike, do abs, and might lift weights here and there. But yeah, try to stay active in that way. But yeah, I'm starting to feel the feel the effects of it. You should uh, get into the yoga seriously. Yeah, I'm gonna try some man. Like my, uh, my the hips and all, all that. It'll help with all the hips and stuff. I had tight hips also, tight hips and lower back. Actually, it was lower back pain that I realized was all because of my quads and my hips were okay. taking a lot of strain and it was pulling on my lower back. And once I dealt with that with yoga, like it relieved my back big time. I have to do something. Yeah, because yeah, it's the, yeah, that too. Like that's like my back, because it comes and goes. It's like that's the least of it. Mm-hmm. Like my shoulder is constant. Like, yeah. like lately, like my hip has been... Like my wife, like, what's wrong? I'm, I'm seeing me stretching all the time now. Like, you good? I'm like, that hip bothering me. And yeah, I'm, when especially when you've been sitting for a while and then you have to stand up. That one stand up, like, yeah, oh, like, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel right that now, too. she got this low ass bed that we got, and me oh, getting up out of it. Oh yeah, like, I like that, that fucking bed on the floor, man. Like, she like, well, you just oh, that's not now the damn bed on the floor. Like, and I'm six nine, like it hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I, I, I finally realized now why my dad's bed is like this high off the ground. It's like four feet off the ground because it's just yeah. easier to just slide in and slide out. Shit, like, yeah, I'm saying you got to have it waist high. Yeah, yeah, you got Well, you ain't no effort involved of getting in and out of the bed. That should be the least of your concerns, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the low bed is terrible for your shins at night when you go and take a pee. And that lead to cussing. And she's like, what's wrong? Yeah. I, yeah, I, you know what it is. I, yeah. I got to keep telling you. <laughs> it hurt. Yeah, feel you. Yeah, man, it's, it's life, things you go through, man. But now, yeah, my career was cool. It was, it was, it was full of fun. And, but like I said, it was, a, it was partly interrupted by injury. You know what I'm saying? You got a little bit into the Xinjiang thing, but what was it? I'd never even been there. Like that's yeah. so far west in China. Like we don't, people don't go out there, right? So what was it I, like I, out there? I know why. I know why <laughs> don't nobody go out there. It's far. It's a desert. It's a desert. Yeah, it's, it's literally it's, like it's, the most inland city in the world. Mm, mm. It's the furthest city from any body of water is what right. they told me. Yeah, but that's where the Silk Road came through. You know. Yeah. Silk Road yeah. Came so through. it's for when it's freezing. Absolutely free. Like it went from like okay outside. Like, they bought me fat. a bunch of gear, right? Like it was, so, so I thought it was a bunch of basketball stuff that they was dropping off. And uh-huh. I'm popping the boxes open and all that. It's fucking winter coats. And <laughs> I'm like, now? Like, it's still nice outside. They're like, oh, no, you're going to need it. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't know they meant like three days. Like, it was like, it was. 
could have turned bad. Yeah, but yeah, then all our trips were like we had the longest trips of any like any team because we had to fly, fly from so far, right? Yeah, like that was three hours there, and then another had to either change planes or get on a boat. I mean, a bus. I'm saying to go to where we was going to. Yeah, right. so it was right. it was brutal at times, but it was definitely. Um, a good experience. Um, for, for my oldest three kids got to come out there. Oh, cool. Visit. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that was dope for them to be. The, the one out. that's in the NBA now? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying oh, KJ. Cool. So I have a, oh, cool. KJ's 19. I have a 17 year old and a 15 year old. Okay. So, so, so they got to come out and visit, um, got to go to the Great Wall and all that. So that oh, was great. Cool. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, the, the experience of living in a different country. Uh, I wasn't there a long time, but the time that I was there, it was cool. Could you, like, could you handle the like, food? <laughs> actually, I was spoiled. Listen, I, don't, I had put what I was, I was 10 years in my NBA career. Right. So I was a spoiled NBA player at the time. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, so I had a chef that they found from, it was an Italian restaurant that was out there. Right. So we was able to hire him to make uh, meals as well. I, Nice. So yeah, no, yeah. So I'm, I was spoiled. Like, right. So every morning I had breakfast and lunch, and then when I would travel, I uh, I took my food with me. So he would prepare me food, chicken, steak, right. vegetables, and potatoes, right. like baked potatoes. So he'll cook right. that when I went on the road. I have my cooler with me everywhere, so I kept it on dry ice. Right. So I right. had my translator when we got to the hotel. He'll go down there to the front desk, explain to him we need the food warmed up and whatever they need to do, and they'll go down there and do it. Right. Well, yeah. So, but um, I tried some buffets and things like that. You know, everywhere is a buffet. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> everywhere is a buffet. So we went there. I uh, went to a few buffets. Um, saw some things on the, at some of the stations that was like questionable. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't just the name they had on it. I'm like, yeah, they ain't shy at all. Y'all just gonna dog meat soup. I was like. <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm fucking definitely in China. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> not that. Yeah, so but, but it was the experience down. of seeing like you, know, you hear things like that, but you can't imagine that you go into a restaurant and it's actually it's on the menu. There. It's, it's there. So yeah. like it was like wow, like people like people like like they Did really you, you drink any of that white uh white rice wine? That, that clear wine? Brutal. Bro, crazy. That shit is brutal. I had to, after a while, I had to pretend like I didn't drink alcohol anymore because, like, fuck me up, like, real bad. Yeah, I mean, it's brutal, man. The good thing about it is you don't get a hangover because there's so much alcohol, it just kind of evaporates out of your system. Yeah. But it's hardcore, man. I got the more, some of my worst drunks on that stuff. Yeah. And then, like, there's no, so, you know, I'm from the States. So you ask me if I want to drink, I tell you, like, yeah, on the rock. So let me yeah, get yeah. some ice in that. Like, right, everything's right. a shot with that. Right. Right. Like, you know, I had Batir, uh, he played for the Spurs. Oh, that's like, yeah, yeah. So he was on my team. So c- c- come on, Ken, let me take you out on the town. Let's go out, me and my friends. We go to, man, they got everything imaginable on the table. Like they got the big table where it spins. Oh, yeah. So they yeah, spinning yeah, yeah. the table, yeah. so much food, and they just taking shots of this shit, man. I'm like, oh, after the first, after the second shot, I was like, man, I can't do I don't want no more of that. Like, <laughs> so then I try to order something else, and they bring me a different kind. <laughs> I'm like, and they bring me a beer because I told them I wanted something. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yeah. So I drank like four. You should have just asked for like Henny, Henny or something. They drink Henny too. Yeah, but know? it's just t- they just taking shots. Like I don't know. <laughs> oh, like, that's true. Every, yeah, everybody goes hard there. 
everybody goes hard there. It's just like, just take it down. It's like one after another. And they just lining them up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. man. So I ain't like that. We was in the hotel, like where, the, where this place was. We was in the hotel. I didn't even go back to my house. I told him I need a room here. <laughs> got me a room. I slept it off. I was hurting. I, could, I, like, I, mean, I can't go nowhere, man. Like, not right now. Like, this is bad. <laughs> like, I feel you. I've been in those situations. Did they make you sing karaoke? Yeah, of course. We was end up having a blast. After drinking that, listen, you yeah. ain't got no, anything goes after that, man. You drinking, exactly. I'm singing karaoke, all kind of songs, stuff. Some they putting some Chinese stuff. I'm trying to read that. I was, I was on. that shit into the mic, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was on, man. So it was a, definitely having a blast, man. But like I said, just the culture and everything that came along with it right. was great. Like, yeah, I'm asking because, you know, I'm, I think I mentioned this to you before. I'm writing a, writing a movie about yeah. an NBA journeyman who goes to play in China, right? Yeah. And so it's really interesting to me to hear all these stories about all that stuff. I talked to Maurice Spates um, okay. about is it, is it his time there. He's like, I had to carry my own my own uniform everywhere. Like, I had to wash my own <laughs> spoiled, uniform. Like, spoiled <laughs> NBA guys, man. Like, right. See, like, I had it made when I was, because they – Listen, I couldn't put, Daniel, I couldn't put a pair of socks in the dirty clothes hamper without them coming to take it and wash it. Right, right, right. Like the owner, like I stayed in the owner's old house. Oh, dang. They, they was using it as a conference. Like they was having conferences, beating and stuff downstairs. Uh, uh. So I had the top floor basically. Oh, dang. And they set like it was separate from everything else. Like they built a room, they built rooms in there for me and the guy that was working for me. They built those rooms. They built the bathroom up like they like took right. care of me. Like they right, really right, right. looked out when I was there. But like they good. like my laundry, I never had to worry about anything. But like you said, carrying your own uniforms and all that was new to us. But right, right. Yeah. all my stuff was always clean, washed, folded, like everything was taken care of. So I didn't right. know, all I had to do was put it in my bag. So I can only imagine if they other places and they ain't got the same kind of treatment. I can yeah. only imagine their experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like you had the good VIP experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, everybody experience there is different. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. certain guys, like like when we was out there, like Jr. Smith out there, he was out there the same time as I was out there. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure his experience. If you ask him his experience, yeah. it was way different than mine. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, like so. Now we all went out there, man. But like I said, it was for me being out there, like to live in a different country, um, and definitely, definitely great experience. Like definitely, you, you didn't play anywhere else outside of the U.S., did you? No, that was it. It's just like, China. That's the only place, yeah, that's the only place I, I ventured out, um, other than like like USA basketball and things like mm. that. Like yeah, mm. nothing other than mm. than that. Cool. Yeah, man. But it's it's been a pleasure, man. It's been it's, it's been a pleasure having you on Need Unfiltered. Like the conversation. We'd love to have you back on, man, so we can talk further. Um, yeah, I love it. And and folks, if trust me, if you haven't looked up Daniel, please look him up, man. Great actor. Like I said, one of my favorite shows, Into the Badlands. Look that up. You won't be not entertained. Trust me. It's what it'll be worth your binge watching. Um, but my hats off to you, Daniel. Keep up the good Thank work, you. man. Stay Thank safe you. out here. And thanks uh, for having me on. Talk uh, soon, I love man. it. Thank yes, you so much. Sir.